And here we are once again, but this time episode 90. Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show for what you now know as Around the Pitch. And so, gentlemen, once again, it is important to be able to highlight what's going on in rugby in our quick fire round. We're going to swing it around the screen so fans at home know what they need to pay attention to when it comes to rugby from across the nations. Let's hand it over to Scott Ferrara to tell us what's up. Well, let's get hot, baby. So the first one I'm going to go with is our boy Kavon Williams. Unfortunately, um, probably rugby blooper of the year so far. Um, Let's be honest. Is it really a blooper if it doesn't affect the score? You know, if it doesn't affect the, the tie turning. So let me set it up for you. Uh, USA sevens is up um, 33 to seven against Canada. And um, times, you know, we're at the death, you know, game over. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, Kavan, the ball's inside the 22, but outside their their five meter line. So he picks the ball up from the, from, uh, the breakdown. He turns around to kick it out <laughs> through the try zone. And, um, you know, he must have been playing uh, the crossbar challenge or something because he nicks the post. It goes wide. It spins like a helicopter and just drops dead. And all the USA players, all the Eagles were looking at it like, did that just happen? And, and a couple of Canada players came up and, and chased it and scored the touch, uh, scored the try, rather, to uh, end the match. And so the final ended up being 33-12. to 12. Um, But uh, uh, as, as Kavan said, you know, he might have had the biggest rugby USA rugby blooper of all time. Most embarrassing moment. Right. And then you had our buddy down Stanford go, but did you wear fingerless gloves when playing nine and 10 on the USA Eagles? Cause that was more embarrassing. <laughs> that, that is, you know, if you had asked somebody to be able to do that twice in a row, it wouldn't happen again. Right. So it's one of those certainly fluke moments. And if there's a highlight, there's your low light. Uh, but it's something that at least shows that he has a good sense of humor to be able to talk about it in such a way. Uh, and a bit of fun. Uh, Scott, what do you got for us? Uh, sorry, Rob, what am I doing? I'm like, Scott, just went. It's been a long day, apparently. It's all right. So um, I want to, we've been on this roll and talking about um, the the idea of MLR caps, and it's something that we'll talk about in upcoming rants, so t- stay tuned for that. We'll discuss uh, whether or not that should be reserved for international honors or or also professional team honors, but I think we have to acknowledge that uh, the accomplishment and uh, I want to acknowledge the accomplishment of a guy that's been near and dear to my heart for many seasons, although he's turned in his gold uh, jumper for a red, white, and blue one, but I still love him. Holden Younger, um, he has become one of the two youngest players to reach 50 MLR appearances. He of course done it for the free Jacks, mainly done most of those with, with the NOLA gold. So um, it was great to see him and his uh, lovely girlfriend on the pitch being honored, um, posting a picture now for everybody to see. Uh, but you can see he's got one of those 50 caps. I guess only 50 players are going to be getting one of those uh, 50 cap honors. So it's great to see. Congratulations to my man, Holden Youngert. Uh, love you, even though you're in a different color. Is that true? That is, so if you're number 51, you don't get a hat. Sorry. That's right. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you're out. 
<laughs> Sorry, you're at the back of the line. Um, but but you know, while we're talking about this topic, uh, it is a milestone that is being recognized in Major League Rugby because, of course, it's the highest level of the game, uh, domestically at least. Um, and we have one more name to be able to add to that MLR cap list. And as it continues to grow week after week, we bring in the sixth player to ever receive this honor with Nick Boyers. Now, this is somebody... Uh, I feel particularly connected to because of his time at, at the Colorado Raptors, who of course bowed out of MLR back in 2020, but before then managed to rack up a few numbers, not only with uh, uh, with the Raptors, but before that with the San Diego Legion, and now more recently uh, taking up the the, the 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 colors of the SaberCats, where he is finally achieved that 50 appearances and has deserved every single one of them. What an integral part he's become of that resurgence down in Houston. So we wish him well for the next 50, of course, and likewise for Holden Youngett. Scott, we can Well, timeouts, Ty. I got to say something. I just discovered this. Yeah. In an absolutely, can this be any more coincidental than what I'm about to tell you? These two gentlemen on the same day reached 50 caps. 50 appearance to the MLR. They have the same exact birthday. Get the hell out of here. I'm not really? kidding. I triple checked it. July 17th, 1993. They both turned 28 um, here um, and, and are both 28. On the same day, they have the same birthday reaching that 50 cap milestone to the MLR. They're one of the chance. X-Files. <laughs> Seriously, that's crazy. See, we're chock full of information, folks. Stay tuned. Stay with us. The Rugby Rant is your connection and, for yeah, you never everything interesting to amaze me. everything that means absolutely <laughs> There's a little bit of extra editing. Thanks to Rob Hammerschmidt. That was, was me this time, not Scott. <laughs> Scott, it's over to you, man. Uh, well, so I was kind of torn between what to do now because if, if you did watch USA 7s, there are three pool games. Um, you know, the first two ended weird. So I'm going to talk about the, we, we talked about the second game against Canada. Um, well, we'll talk about game one and game three. So real quick against Kenya, uh, a pass was intercepted. Kevon Williams threw a pass. It was intercepted by Kenya who took it all the way down for a try underneath the post. All they had to do was kick the conversion to tie it. Kenya kicked under the bar. So that was <laughs> win number one for USA. Then we That's go a prop to, move right there. Yeah. Then we go to <laughs> then we go to Kavan kicking it and hitting off the bar, right? And then even though it doesn't change the course of of, of match two, USA still wins. Okay. And now we're going to talk about match three, which is against the Blitzbox, who are on a thirty six uh, match win streak, second longest win streak I believe in HSBC Sevens history. Um, it came down to the death. It was tied. Um, you had uh, Demonte Noble making his first appearance for the USA Eagles first minutes. Um, comes as a hard charger, breaks two tackles, right. the third tackle as he's as going down. Great, do great, win gives the this pool. amazing offload to Perry Baker, points. who runs it and scores to try to win the game and knocks off the Blitzbox uh, win streak at 36. And uh, the only thing I'll have to say about that is congratulations to Monte. But man, those photographers did me dirty. Rob's going to show you the picture right here. <laughs> Yeah, with uh, Demonte Noble uh, getting his debut and making an interesting uh, a, a impact in the game there, let's swing it over to Rob Hammerschmidt for his second news piece. 
All right, for my second news piece, I just happened to be catching, I was watching or preparing to watch uh, one of the matches this weekend on TRN, and I happened to catch, if you folks haven't done so, tune into TRN, I happened to catch, there was going to be on Wednesday night this, well, it, it happened two nights ago as of the actual publication of this rant and uh, episode 90, um, where Eagles dream, uh, it's going to be a documentary about the USA Eagles. Um, in their run-up to their play against uh, the All Blacks here this last fall in Washington, D.C. Uh, the, again, the premiere just happened on Wednesday, April 13th. Um, we're not quite sure if this is going to be a series, but it's certainly a great spotlight on the Eagles. And um, it, folks, watch it. Run up uh, the, uh, the, the uh, watches or run up the... Uh, um, so that uh, they can get as much publication as they can right. support the boys. If you're a fan of rugby in the United States, support the boys and then support the women here in rugby world cup. Right. And and it's true. What you say, it, it's a valid, it's, it's a welcome contribution as little as you can do for rugby. We're just asking you to turn on your TV and watch it because the minutes are counted the amount of views and the interactions and all of this supports the notion that when they take it to higher platforms, larger broadcast partners, and they go, it received X amount of views on its last broadcast. Imagine what it could do with an audience size that you have access to. So this is really good stuff to be able to help rugby grow. It may not seem like it, but there's a lot of analytics that are driving what they support and what they show on bigger broadcast networks, which is why the MLR has successfully grown it year after year as their viewership. The MLR final has continued to grow and grow as it does in between as well. So yeah, all we're asking you to do to do your part is to watch a documentary and it does help as it does continue to help all over. Just real quick, and, and the great thing is, is that a lot of the faces that you're going to see celebrated there, guys like Cam Dolan, Will Maggie, um, you know, uh, Nick Savetta, you go down the line, um, you know, uh, Bobby Dice, all right, all those guys we've interviewed before. So when you get a chance to see the run passer kick and then see them there applying their trade, it's always a good combination to, to get two sides of, of one coin. Right. Absolutely. Thank you for adding that. And we're going to stay on the international platform here for a moment, but we're going to send our attention abroad across the pond, so to speak. And we're going to focus. And as you know, it's always a popular topic here on the Rugby Rant. Thanks to my co-hosts and myself. Uh, we like to be able to believe that we're, we're, we're trying to be able to make sure that everybody recognizes how amazing women's rugby has become over the last few years. There's incredible strides forward that have been made, not only across uh, 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 in the UK, uh, but a professional league, domestic league being introduced in Super Rugby, and the list goes on. One of those great notable achievements, one of the big milestones as they break boundaries, happened this past weekend in the TikTok Women's Six Nations, England versus Wales. The scoreline wasn't flattering, but what was, was the rugby on field was still great, but the crowd, the energy, and the fan engagement surpassed anything that had been seen in the past. In fact, so much so that they set an attendance record of 14,689 people came through the gates to watch that matchup in that Six Nations TikTok, TikTok encounter at King's Home Stadium, now dubbed by fans as Queen's home, as uh, they certainly have earned the right to be able to call so with an amazing matchup. Abby Ward being recognized as the player of the match. Unfortunately, the other Abby, Abby Dow, uh, 
walks away. Well, I shouldn't phrase it like that, but comes away with a broken leg. Uh, yeah. I, I, then that is always terrible to, to see. But from the early reports, uh, she's doing well. Surgery is planned and the recovery, full recovery is expected, although it will rule her out for the later engagements at the World Cup later this year. Um, but it, this, you know, this is a team and, and I don't know if anybody's really been following it, but arguably so, I'm going to throw it out there. The England Red Roses may have, in fact, the greatest rugby record of all time. 21 matches without a single loss. The only two teams to come close to that is the New Zealand All Blacks and South Africa, who are tied, I think, at either 17 or 18. So arguably so, they hold one of the greatest rugby records on, uh, on record. Yeah. So once again, it has been an opportunity to share with you what we think is newsworthy and noteworthy from across rugby, wherever it may be played. So before we jump forward again, I remind you that you can tell us what you think is important. If you find something out there that you think the team here on the Rugby Rant would be interested in, make sure you tag us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. Myself and the gang will certainly be able to highlight it in another format like this on an upcoming episode, which you can find here on TRN or on our social media under the same handle at Rugby Rant Pod. But what we do is not done with the help of some good partners. So why don't I hand it over to them as we'll be back in a few short moments. With over 37 years of experience, American Rugby Outfitters have been dedicated to providing quality rugby gear to those who like to get dirty. The ARO team prides itself in delivering the highest quality rugby gear that will withstand the punishment rugby dishes out. Brands such as Adidas, Barbarian, Gilbert, Canterbury, and Protec will deliver when the game gets tough. Whether you need team uniforms, boots, bags, field equipment, or swag for the Postmaster Social, ARO is your source for quality rugby gear. They can set up your club or business with a team store like they did for us to ensure every member looks as good as the pros. If the international game is your vibe, Arrow will carry you across the line with officially licensed gear from the Eagles, Springboks, All Blacks, England, Ireland, and Wales, amongst others. Visit RugbyGear.com and check out all that the folks from American Rugby Outfitters have to offer. Use the code RANT15 to get a 15% discount site-wide. As an added bonus, when the items in your cart are $100 or more, you get free shipping to anywhere in the continental of the United States. Don't forget to check out our line of Rugby Rant gear available exclusively at RugbyGear.com. Don't forget to use Rant15 to get 15% off your order site-wide. American Rugby Outfitters, dedicated to the toughest demands in the world's toughest game. And here we are, rugby fans, of course, for the familiar rugby debate part of the show. And in episode 90, we have brought in somebody truly special to be able to tackle these boys here. And I'm certain that she is going to give them a run for their money. So more importantly, let's go ahead and introduce our guest ranter as we welcome Ashley Burge from the Utah organization. Now, just a quick couple of points so that fans know 
who we have here is our rugby royalty taking on our challenges here of Scott and Rob. So Ashley, you are more recently uh, a familiar face to MLR fans on the sideline and also taking up the microphone in the commentators booth alongside uh, your counterparts at the Utah Warriors. But your resume goes a little farther back than that. Uh, you're also, of course, in majorly into development in rugby as the junior Warriors manager currently. Uh, you have a background in USA 15s and 7s. So certainly, I don't think anybody here is going to believe that these gentlemen have a chance at being able to beat you when it comes to rugby. Uh, but what we do is uh, we think we know a little bit about it. So we're going to make sure that these guys have an opportunity to take you on. But more importantly, Ashley, Welcome to the Rugby Rant Pod. Thank you very much. That was a quite a special introduction. You're like making me feel like I've got a, some fill, shoes to fill, but I'm excited to be here. I got no, just say, a probably, cape. You just have probably, a cape. Probably out of all of our ranters, she's probably the most, uh, uh, has the best resume out of a ranter we've ever had, I think. Wow, I yeah. hope you didn't make anybody mad mad saying that, but I'll I know, it. I was just about to think that. Like, every <laughs> other person now tuning in who's been here be like, really, Scott? But let's, but let's be honest. We're having my You're buddy Mike off Colin and Fee. I will say Listen, that. Yeah, Fee is, but he's Fee's a friend of ours, so that's why he's on the show. <laughs> yeah, he was it was a nepotism the whole way. It was just because we knew Rob. <laughs> I earned my way. <laughs> so, Ashley, uh, we want to make sure that not only you, but those viewers at home are very clear on how it works. So let me take a moment to be able to remind our viewers, if you are tuning in for the first time, this is the familiar Rugby Rant. What made our show famous is we offer an opportunity for each one of these people on screen to rant about the topic at hand. And what have we chosen this week? Well, like we do each and every week on our social media platforms, including the MLR Fan Zone, many of you have been discussing the merit behind giving awarded a MLR cap. Some people have said that this should be reserved for international status only. Achieving the highest honors, receiving the cap is recognition for representing your country. And while traditionally that may have certainly been the case, and one of the great rugby traditions that I'm sure many of my colleagues might argue in this coming rant, a lot of people have also said, well, this is an important milestone that should be celebrated in American rugby, which is certainly uh, very much echoing the same sentiments from across the globe, but is in a unique landscape and it deserves some unique traditions in its own right. So without further ado, each one of them will be given a small window to be able to rant the topic at hand, either for or against, and they'll tell us why. We're going to start with Ashley. Yeah, this was actually a tough one initially. When I first read the question, I kind of went back and forth, but I'm sticking with my guts and I'm saying, yes, I think this is something that we should do in the MLR. Reason being is that we want something different. We are in America. This is a country that does not know rugby. And what they are thriving off of is the traditions, the difference that it brings. They've never heard of caps. They've never heard of socials. They've never heard of a lot of these things that rugby brings. So while I think an international cap is you know, a really incredible honor and something that, you know, like I've earned myself. I know what that feels like. That, that was a really special moment to me, but it's given to me in rugby. And this is, you know, still that. So, you know, it's a, it's a completely different league. We're not the NBA. We're not the NFL. Nobody has any idea what we're doing. And in my mind, the way that we're going to grow this sport in America is by showing all the special things that, you know, rugby is and rugby does and the traditions like, if you talk to anybody about rugby, one of the first words that's going to come out of their mouth about what makes this sport special 
is the traditions, is the respect, is the family. Honoring your first cap, honoring your 50th cap, honoring your 100th cap, like we're not overdoing it. That's that's three three things really, you know, but um, so yeah, I, I think, yes, I think it is part of rugby. I think it needs to stay a part of rugby and it's not this, I don't think in a, in a club game, I would honor a cap, but this is a professional league. So that's my, that's my take. I like it. Mike drop from Ashley. What a great opening rant and so clear and concise, but let's rewind. I like it. I like it. Or exactly. cap drop as they might say, cause yeah, she's actually earned them. <laughs> so 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 let's rewind a little bit and just revisit some of those really great points that you brought up ashley first off yes you do have the opportunity to be able to say i know what it feels like to receive that cap which traditionally has been reserved for the highest honors which is your international performance uh representing your country in, in rugby however domestic rugby has not achieved the opportunity to be played so often like it has in major league rugby. So we have to celebrate those that are given great service. And this is one of the ways to do so. But again, you brought in the fact that, that most people don't know what rugby is right now, but what they do know and what they do come to love is the traditions that rugby has brought into the sport. And is it any wonder why that that still wants to be a part of American rugby, even though it's in that unique landscape and it's uniquely different? It's an American version of the game. Sure, some purists overseas might argue, well, is that really how it's supposed to be used? Well, guess what? We don't care. You're not here. This is our sport here. And to grow it, we have to be able to allow the sport to evolve naturally. And this is a part of that. So I love those points that you brought forth. Ashley, hitting the, the ground running and certainly putting some points on the board nice and early. Let's hand it over to Scott Ferrara to see if he can make some back himself. We're staying hot. Here's the thing. I am not. I'm ambivalent towards it. Whatever we want to call it, we're going to call it. But my point is everybody keeps screaming, it's test matches. It's international test matches. If you actually research it, uh, in the UK, the county teams were giving caps in the 1900s. So don't say, you know, it's only reserved for international test matches. Um, You know, and I think, um, I believe, you know, this came up because Paul Emmerich put a, a post questioning it. And I believe Paul when he debuted for the Barbarians, played a professional team. So he didn't technically get a cap because they didn't play an international team, which I find kind of stupid. If you're playing for the Babas, you're playing for the Babas. You should get a fucking cap. But it just, it, to me, I'm ambivalent on the MLR side. Listen, it's something, an achievement. I know Rooney in the first two seasons were giving caps for, for players for their first award. Um, you know, Dylan Fawcett capped for the Eagles. Um, did he not, did he, do you think he took the, the 50 cap that he got from, the commissioner and like stamped on it on the ground said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept it because I, I'm a capped Eagle and you only get capped for a nationals. No, he took it. It's an honor. And I, I just don't understand uh, some vitriol that we get. It seems to me when I was looking in, in Paul's um, comments, you know, a lot of people who aren't American rugby fans, you know, a lot of transplants and, you know, we get the same, same thing with the silence with the kicker. Shout out to my buddy, Mikey Rodriguez who yells shank at every uh, New York home match. Uh, when the away kickers go, <laughs> uh, I think he's something, he's something like, uh, I think he's something like 12 for 20 or something uh, screaming, shaking, it's working. So, but my point is we can build whatever culture we want here. The fact that people want to jump on it is just ridiculous to me. And if this is how we're, if we're going to call these caps, then call them caps. Who gives a shit? 
Right. And, and, you know, I want to go back to something that you said a moment ago, you touched on it with, with the whole conversation that we've had in several different versions on this show, on social media, and people will still continue to do it. If you want to be able to start a war in any rugby platform, you just talk about silence when the kicker has to kick, right? And then there will be a difference of opinion from everybody from all sides of rugby, Southern Hemisphere versus Northern Hemisphere, New World Rugby versus the old traditions. And that's kind of what's happening here on a smaller scale. But just to your same point, as you pointed out a moment ago, Scott, uniquely uh, rugby is going to find its own pathway here. We need to kind of make sure that it does find its own path. If we have to kind of make sure that we, 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 we engineer some of these things, fine, so be it. But it's still rugby and it's growing. So really, is this what we should be moaning about? Right. Aren't there bigger things to discuss when it comes to rugby? So I like you kind of trivializing it. It's the same thing as that. So, yeah, you know, what is it really a problem is the question that I kind of took away from there. Let's hand it over to to Rob Hammerschmidt to see what he thinks. Yeah, again, I'd like to uh, thank Paul Emmerich, uh, the cactus, for making this a prickly um, question out there in social media land. But uh, nevertheless, um, in short, yeah, I would actually like to see Caps reserve for international honors. And even, you know, why not if, if uh, USA were to play the Barbarians for, for something like that as well? But that's not to say I don't think that we can take and adopt some of those traditions and bring them to the United States. After all, I agree with Ashley in the sense that, um, you know, we can adopt rugby and um, make it separate and unique from all the other sports that are played in the United States. And one of the ways to do that is to recognize appearances. Um I guess I would say this. I like the idea that in the early stages of the league to make this something special and recognize achievements for longevity here early on, um, you know, giving a 50 cap honor uh, for guys that have played that long in the league. That's great. I wouldn't mind seeing though, something like this, the teams do it. And, and Nola kind of does a little bit of this, like for your first, you know, uh, for your first appearance, you get a club, you get a team tie. Right. So, you know, at, at the blaze, the team I played for, they have a tradition now where you, you wear your number ones after, after a club game. Right. And guys have a club tie guys have a club jacket. Some guys like to wear a tartan, um, uh, you know, down there. Um, but nevertheless, you know, give a club tie. So now they have something to wear, uh, you know, to that social. Uh, and then Nola actually gives a jacket, a black jacket at 10 appearances. And then it would be cool for them. Like, Okay, at 25, you get, you know, a, a gray jacket or, you know, you get some other kind of uh, um, something else. And and then at perhaps 50 for your club appearance, uh, you get like cufflinks, right? So now you're, you're kind of making your number ones more ornate and adding on to that, much like a soldier does when they, uh, you know, achieve things through the ranks. And then finally, maybe a watch for 75. You get a watch recognizing 75 appearances. Um, whether it be for the MLR or for your team. I think that would be a cruel tradition um, that would make everything special, uh, but reserve caps for the highest of honors. Right. So first of all, Rob, I want to be able to thank you for bringing in a counter argument to the same point, right? Uh, and this is what this show is about, is to be able to hear different sides of, of the coin, different opinions. That's what sparks the conversation. And I do like the way that you identified, and this is very common at club rugby around the world, and traditions are different uh, uh, by region, but a lot of them will follow a very similar theme, that you get something for this, and then you get something at that milestone, and so you build up to eventually, hopefully, if you have that opportunity to represent your nation, 
that is the highest honor that is still reserved for that there. But along the way, you'll, you will be able to recognize those achievements in other ways. So it's kind of like, you know, your badge of honor, you know, whether you have the jacket or whether you have the tie and you've done your service and you got that experience, you know, the old boys will still wear them to the clubs, right? Because they're recognized for what they've achieved. And so when they walk into the club, they got that respect. They did their time. They did their service. Um, And, and that, that, to a certain degree, a lot of people have asked the question, does it diminish the value of the cap to be able to extend it to MLR as well? And on that note, I'm going to actually swing it over to Ashley to hear her thought, who has actually achieved it uh, at the highest honor for, for the USA Eagles. Yeah, it, it's tough to like say, but when I, when I think about what Rob was saying, I'm like, well, if it's not fixed or if it's not broke, don't fix it. Do you know what I mean? And and so in my mind, I'm like, does it diminish the honor of the cap? Well, your cap doesn't say USA when you earned one for the Warriors. You know what I mean? It's a it's a separate, yeah. you know, thing. If if you're still celebrating your first time getting on the field with a tie, why just why not just call it a cap? Like you're still celebrating the same milestones, so you're just changing the way that you're celebrating, but you're essentially doing the exact same thing. But sure. you know, like, um, so in my mind, I'm like, well you know, a, a warrior's cap is going to be hanging in a different part of my closet as my USA cap. It's, it's still mm-hmm. the same honor. It's still the same thing. You're just right. changing what you're calling it. And, right. and so in, like, in a similar manner, in a similar manner, there are some players internationally who've been fortunate enough to represent more than one nation and they receive caps for both, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, so they can be different, but the concept itself is just to be able to there to recognize the achievement, right? Uh, to honor it as well. Um, so yeah, I, Scott, it looked like you wanted to jump in on that point there to build. Yeah, I just don't understand. Sometimes I think the 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 old boys are the people who are in the way of you know bringing you know Americanizing rugby to the way that it's going to entice people. So that way, exactly, you know, you got to bring in those crossover fans. We talk about it all the time, right? And I think giving somebody a cap and bringing a new fan in and saying, hey, we're acknowledging this person either for their first start with the team, their first start in the MLR, you know, their 50th start, their 50th appearance. I don't understand why everybody's so freaked out about it. The frigging cap. Out of all the shit you can complain about, we should be complaining about the stupid scrum rule. And you got all these people bitching about cats. Well, the people driving this argument are those rugby purists, and they argue that they're the core audience, but that's not who you're not the core audience. They're not. We're never going to grow rugby if we're targeting the old god of rugby, right? Absolutely. And we talk about this all the time when we talk about the silence for the kicker rule, because that's not how it is in Southern Southern Hemisphere rugby. But everybody everybody who's an Irish and English and Scotland and Wales fan will tell you that we're wrong. And we believe they play the purest form of rugby. Yeah, and it's 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 crap because we know that's not you know when you go when you go down we and Rob talk about it all the time you go to a Chiefs Blues match they're hollering they're hollering the entire time through through both kicks well, through both and, kicks. and it's and it's because they they think that they are you know know all they're the first people in this country right. that really were into rugby so they're ahead of the game they're ahead of everybody and that's why I feel like they feel like they want an opinion they have to have an opinion they do they really care I don't know but my take on it is that. Sometimes you just want to speak. And if you're the one that's been playing rugby for, you know, 60 years here when when it first started in this country, like they're just yapping to yap sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking to be heard. That's it. Right. <laughs> so I want to actually go back to sorry, I'm Rob, I don't want to cut you off. I can see you wanted to jump in. So take the floor. 
Uh, thank you. So uh, in answer to your question, I don't think it diminishes the international cap. I, you know, they're clearly different. Um, I, I just, I just like the idea of having something to build up to, you know? So again, right. you get a tie, you get, you know, a, a, a cufflinks, you get a jacket, then you get, then maybe for that 50th appearance for your team, you get the cap. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, again, it, 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 you in a watch, you know, you, you mark time as you build up your appearances there and you give the younger guys something to, to look over and go, yeah, I, I want to do that. I want one of those. Uh, I'm going to keep busting my ass. But that's what that's what that 50 cap represents, you know? Right. No, I, I mean, get it. And, and I don't have a problem with the 50 MLR's cap 50 cap. Way, I like the idea. You know? I'm just saying in terms of I think it'd be cool to do something just a different take on this tradition I mean, in a unique way. So uh, do you think that that should be like an MLR wide, this is what you do, or is, is it going to differ no, between each team? I don't, because I don't, does that, does that diminish the, yeah, the tradition I, I, I of don't, it? Yeah. And I don't, I, yeah, I don't know that I yeah, would go that far. I, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know that I would, I would like to see something like that standardized. I'm just saying like, look, if, if I were in charge of a team, Right. If, if, if somebody asked me, hey, you're, you're in charge of the team. We want you to set this up. How do you think we should do this in terms of appearances? I would do something different, uh, but mold it in the same way to honor the players and their accomplishments. Well, I'm going to ask so you, not, I get a cap. If it's, if it's, I'm get a tie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it's not, if it's, no, the truth though, if it's not standardized, you're going to have a team like LA, yeah. Austin, who have uh, more money and, and their caps are going to be celebrated so better if, than if you, other so teams with, with, with la you get a car um <laughs> but it's true though so if it's not standardized then does it take away some of the pride in it because you get something different one place or else whereas a cap well, right no, now and, is, and, and i would say no only because right? every you know just like clubs every team has their own traditions that they have and you know whether you go from one club to the next you appreciate those traditions. Again, there's a guy who passed away a couple of years ago at the blaze and he always, to every social, he wore his number ones, but he also wore a kilt. Right. And when he passed everybody, you know, on the team got a kilt to wear to his, to, to wear to his you know, funeral. And now that's kind of a tradition that's developed as guys are wearing kilts mm -hmm. to our socials with their number ones. You go to the lions or you go to the Griffins. They don't have that, but that's what makes that, that something mm -hmm. unique to that club. I think that they can take pride in. I think, I think it's, it's more akin to like, you know, you have the rugby Nas who's on Facebook and yells at the guy because he says rules instead of law. Who gives a shit? It's, is he watching rugby? Is he adding to the statistic of buying a ticket to go watch an MLR match right. and watching it on TV and watching the yeah. Eagles, Let's look at the you know, men's and women's? Man. Yeah. And don't worry about he said rules because the guy's been playing football his entire fucking life. Right. That's, that's my point. Why is this an issue? It's to, it's stupid. So, it's not, it's so there is, and, and I want to hold just for a moment on that thought, and I'm going to throw something back at you in a moment, Scott. So some of the conversation online was, well, to some people, they thought the solution was as simple as saying you get appearances for any domestic match and international caps, and that was the black and white uh, scenario. So some would say, and again, I just may be able to share what's out there, and I put it out there for conversation, why not refer to it as appearances for two reasons? One, it separates itself from being a cap. And then the second reason, it's more closely uh, uh, linked to what people are familiar with in the sporting landscape in America. Because I feel it doesn't make a difference what, what you call it. <laughs> that's, that's my point. It's, if you want to call it appearances, call it appearances. If, you're, still, Rudy, if you call it appearances or caps, Rudy was still giving every player who got their first appearance in 2019 a cap. 
So what the frig was the difference at that point? Well, that's yeah. it doesn't change anything. You're celebrating it the same. So if, if changing right. the verbiage by of it makes name, you right? change your mind, you're 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 doing the same thing. You're celebrating how about we, how the about, same thing. How about we fix officials completely screwing up scrum law and the way scrums work <laughs> because they don't know what they're doing. Let's talk about something serious. Let's talk about the fact that even with HIA, we still have a, a tremendous amount of head injuries because guys aren't tackling properly. And we see a red card almost every weekend now in large matches throughout professional rugby and test matches because guys aren't tackling properly still. How, so how about we talk about those things? How about we talk about MLR? Not and with that you. being said, we are out of time here today on the rugby <laughs> rant. But, but don't, that's the important, but that's the important stuff. And, but you got guys bitching about cats. That's all I'm saying. No, you, you are right. And putting it in perspective against subjects like that, that probably don't get enough conversation when they arguably yeah. should be more of the conversation than anything else especially when it comes to safety, but the general rugby fan is, is not the one who's talking about this. It's the rugby hardened fan who thinks that he's deserved the right to know more and be better than the average fan. And that's the problem with this conversation in the first I got place. One more, I got one more, one more point to make. He's Ryan. not done yet, this folks. Is- go, yeah, to yeah. Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod. For the rest of his rant. Well, for, for Marquise Goodwin's RPK, for the reason why he chose me as his favorite ranter, over the hammer. This is one of the reasons because I'm passionate and I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and, and so I'm apparently I'm not passionate. Okay, no, you're not. <laughs> and apparently I, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's so, right. Yeah. Just no, it was, no, this a, was a dig a, at a Rob. This goal. was a dig. This is a dig directly right. at Rob because Marquise. It was the question uh, was who's a better ranter, the big guy or the hammer, and he went with the big guy. Yeah, well, you know, uh, he's just one person's opinion. While I respect Marquise, you know, we yeah. can just we'll just have this debate throughout the season. Uh, yeah, then that's right. And it's a long season ahead still for us and the MLR. Well, I should say we're, we're, we're past the halfway mark. It'll be exciting. Uh, and I want to be able to remind viewers as they continue to be able to enjoy this episode, you can get even more like this by following us on patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod, uh, where you can also see us for the additional rant where Ashley and of course, Rob and Scott will be debating the next point, which is to talk about the merits of the 50, 20, 20, sorry, 50 2022 rule. What the hell? I mean, the 50 rule brought in 2022. Gosh, that's a mouthful. Great job, Ty. April Fools, we're going to put two balls in play. Yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, I digress. You can catch us on patreon.com for the following rant. But right now, we're going to take a break as we will hear from one of our sponsors and be back to be able to share a few more notes from our RPK guest in the next interview piece. So stick around. You'll have an opportunity to hear from our guest of honor, be Michael Duvall from the AGs. Hey everybody, it's the big guy. I'm here to talk to you about our partner, Aversio Wellness. Aversio means change. Their mission is to change lives through fungi. Functional mushrooms are having a moment in 2022 because they offer two things that we all need most right now. The first thing is long-term stress support. The second thing is long-term immune support. Right now, many athletes have a secret weapon. They're powered by mushrooms. Warrior can be taken daily to help your body utilize more oxygen efficiently by improving lung capacity and enhancing blood flow. The big guy takes it, the hammer takes it, and Ty the Safa Braga take it. Cordyceps mushroom extract is the ideal addition to your routine if you're looking to optimize energy and endurance. So do us a favor, go to aversiowellness.com and get 15% off your entire order by using the code RANT15. And that way, when you order your 
balance or your chill or your awaken, your defend or your warrior products, you can get 15% off. Help us help you go to verziowellness.com, use the code RAT15, get your 15% off. Tell them the big guy sent you. And welcome, rugby fans, to the familiar format of our run, pass, or kick interviews. And a quick reminder, of course, we have the important team here. But for those of you who are not familiar, of course, by my side, we've got Rob Hammerschmidt, who's going to be, quote-unquote, the quiz master for today. As he's put together some amazing questions for our man in the hot seat. We introduce Michael Duvall. Of course, you know him as an MLR stable, but more importantly, a wonderful player for the AGs. So let's welcome him to the show. Michael, welcome aboard. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys having me. Um, I look forward to the show. Yeah. And, you know, it's been quite some time. We've had a few AGs players on uh, on the show and you're the next one up. So uh, you've got many, many greats to be able to build upon. And it's all coming to you. The title, all their reputation rests on your shoulders today. No pressure, my friend. No pressure. I'll try my best. (laughs) And for those of you who are not familiar with how the run, pass, or kick interviews work, it's best I hand you over to my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt. Thank you, Ty. And so for those that have never seen a run, pass, or kick interview, it works like this. We're going to pepper Michael Duvall with some questions this evening, and we're going to prompt each of those questions with run, pass, or kick. And just like any good rugby player, especially one as skilled as Michael, he'll have to be adept at using all three of those skills to handle these questions. And so here's how it works. When we throw them out there, we'll prompt run, pass, or kick. Michael can tell us, or you, what he's going to do. If he says he's going to run with a question, he's going to answer it straight up. We know he likes to run hard with the ball. We figure he's going to take a few of these, one right up the gut too. Or he can pass on a question, which is to say it's too hot to handle, doesn't want to get himself into trouble with the brass down there in Austin. And so he can just pass it right along. Or he can kick a question. And that's perhaps when Michael can have the most fun with us. Put us on the defensive, put us on the back foot. And basically it means that we're going to answer the question in his stead or in a way that we think he would answer. And so Michael can direct a kick to either Ty or myself, or uh, he can make us think a little bit. And if he doesn't direct his kick to one or the other, we'll just assume that whoever answered the question is going to, sorry, ask the question is going to answer the question. And so with that, Mr. Duvall, are you ready for the run pass or kick challenge? I hope so. Let's see it. <laughs> that confidence is amazing. I hope so. <laughs> I think it'll be just fine. All right. So as always, I have a little fun with social media on the first question and, uh, Michael is no, um, he's not shy about his social media posts, always keeps it uh, classy and proper. But I did notice that there are a few social media posts of you in very elaborate costumes. Think, as a matter of fact, you even get your dog into one of those, which is always fun. So run past your kick. Is it safe to say that Halloween is your favorite day of the year? 
Um, I'll run with it. I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite day of the year, but I think it's a pretty funny day. And with me and my fiance now, um, we enjoy dressing up and at least make a fun day out of it. Um, try try get the most random outfit sometimes <laughs> to actually go with. So, um, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite day, but it's definitely one of the, I think, uh, uh, having a partner, you you can definitely do some some crazy outfits and have fun with it. <laughs> Absolutely, and and you had a few, and but you guys go out. I mean, yeah. we're gonna post a picture here. There you go, and look at the elaborateness for which they go uh, to dress up in these costumes. It's awesome, fun to see, um, and uh, I, I really enjoyed looking at those, and I and I can't wait to see more of those coming out. And fans should be checking out your Insta and your Facebook <laughs> to catch those wonderful Halloween photographs. It's a great to see guys uh, doing their own thing and having fun with their with their significant others as you have. Well, I I, I kind of get it though. I tell you, you know, uh, you know, one thing that Michael and I have in common is the fact that we're both from South Africa. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, I wouldn't have guessed that does not celebrate. Yeah, I've never said that I'm <laughs> from South Africa before ever on this show. <laughs> in case you don't know, um, but South Africans don't celebrate Halloween. So you yeah. know, when you get an opportunity, you gotta like you know, you gotta embrace it, right? exactly yeah, i mean I, think... I never celebrated halloween in south africa i don't know if yeah. you did sure we knew it existed yeah. um but you'd never gotten that experience and it's great when you come across the side yeah. and you kind of embrace the traditions of the new adopted land right no, no for sure i only saw it on the movies really and, and there's certain areas that celebrate in south africa or maybe later on but um, right when i was growing up it's not really a thing so Right. The only time you ever celebrate is when you're in the bars. Like every bar would celebrate. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you really need a reason to be able to get liquid and get dressed up in something weird? I don't. Sounds like Michael and his fiance are going to be hosting the the next AGs, <laughs> the first annual AGs Halloween. Hey, now there's something. There's something, yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, again, no pressure. We're just setting up your calendar for you, you know. Need some <laughs> outfit ideas, though, for this time. <laughs> All right. We'll be following closely yeah. on uh, social media because Rob is a great social media stalker. We got eyes on you, my friend. So let's take you, let's take us back, right? And I want to be able to highlight some of the great points of your rugby resume. I mean, folks listening and tuning in now should know exactly who we're talking about and what you've achieved. So my job here is to be able to highlight some of that. So let's run through it together. We got, you know, first of all, recognizing you're from South Africa. So much of your rugby history is going to come from there. And that goes back to high school, obviously, even before. But we want to start from where high school is. Pretoria Boys yeah. High School got a great reputation, great school in, in, in rugby in South Africa. It's already bred a lot of great Springboks over the years and will continue to do so in many years to come. That's where you come from. That's good stock. There's great facilities there. It leads you to be having an opportunity to be spotted at an under 18 level at that high school level and play for the Blue Bulls Academy. For those of you who aren't aware, that is as high as it comes at that age group, right? I mean, I'm assuming you went through the Craven Weeks and all that stuff as well. Um, but you're at, there's a lot of competition. So you decide, though, to be able to take a slight deviation. And instead of continuing along the pathway of uh, uh, to higher honors in South Africa, you're like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go check out the States. Yeah. And you make your way across to the Lindenwood University, another prestigious program. You just kind of go from one to another great program. But even there, 
your success was not only on field, but also off field. I want to be able to make this as an important point here. You are a three-time all-academic team for LU. Okay, guys, let's put this in context. I think Rob told me he's got like a 4.0 uh, GPA average. I mean, rugby players, when people say that they're not smart, Michael is. He's the one. so let's 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 highlight the rugby again two-time collegiate all-american national sevens champs on three occasions the list really goes on but most importantly you have been a part of major league rugby or at least with the ags since its inception back in 2019 and you're still there doing it again and again and again and that's why we're happy to be able to have you on board here and we're going to dive back into some of that past with the next question here michael so having spent your formative years growing up in the middle of south africa in case folks don't know very bottom of south africa easy to find so let's go ahead and ask you the important question here what made you decide to move to the states and continue your career stateside I'll, I'll, I'll run with that. Um, you got to run with it. I said yeah. it. I spent a lot of time setting yeah. it up. <laughs> um, there's a lot of moving pictures to it, but definitely something I always wanted to do um, and with rugby and the opportunity that came with Lindenwood. I did apply for a few universities, not expecting really to get in or what what's going to happen. And I, find, I actually got into Lindenwood, and and it just seemed to a great too great opportunity to pass on. Um, there's things that you can only do while you're young. Um, you can see a different country and you also get a great degree while you're playing rugby and enjoying yourself. Um, so it was it was definitely a big leap just to leave, um, just to go study somewhere else. Um, but I think it was definitely one of my best decisions I've made. I've really enjoyed my time here. Um, and yeah, I think it, with everything that just came with it, with the degree and seeing a different part of the world while enjoying walk, yourself. Walk, walk me through it, though. How did you even discover that Lyndon was an option to you? <laughs> oh, that's actually pretty funny. It's just Google the top 20 rugby universities in the U.S. So took yeah, the Google for the win, right? <laughs> I mean, just read up about all of them. I was like, okay, probably wouldn't go there, probably wouldn't go there, and then send an email to or try to find an email for any of the coaches or whatever, like how to get in or how to apply. And, um, I applied to about 10 of the 10 universities and then um, finally chose Lindenwood just for um, probably a, a good academic scholarship and everything on top of that. And also being able to study kind of what I want, wanted to study. So it worked out perfectly. Right. And I yeah. love the fact that you highlight, and I'm sure Rob was going to jump in and say something very similar, but, you know, rugby and a degree, right? Yeah. In combination, that's the win, right? That's the the most important part there, that you're getting that education, life education, but of course you're academic behind it too. Yeah. Um, because while we wish that everybody has a phenomenal career that lasts the rest of their life, we <laughs> all know we get old and you got to have something afterwards, right? So kudos to you, man. I, I love how you, you, you know, you stayed focused, you knew what you wanted to do and you obviously achieved that and more. Thank you. Appreciate it. And and by the way, his degree wasn't like a slough degree. The guy was in actuarial science, like a mathematics major with actuarial science. So we're talking about, you know, a top-notch uh, major as well. Um, and, you know, again, if you follow Michael, anything that coaches have said about Michael along the way, it's it's that he's not just physically gifted but and athletically gifted, but he also has a rugby mind too. 
uh, and that's the foundation for this next question. Um, and I just got to know, cause I've been, I, I heard this rumor. Don't know. Can't tell where I've heard it from, but, but um, cause I won't divulge any of my sources, of course, but I heard a rumor um, that while at LU, the boys were committing a lot of penalties at the breakdowns. At one point, coach Macy was so frustrated that he said, only the ball has the green light to poach the ball at the ruck. So run pass or kick. Is there any truth to the story? Um, I'll run with it. It was actually pretty true. The one time he did actually say that. I, I, I was pretty shocked because I think I, I would also give away quite a few penalties at, um, at collegiate level. But yeah, I think um, I think Coach Macy having a lot of trust in me was pretty pretty good good to see. But it is pretty funny that he actually uh, yeah. said that in front of the whole team. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's had a few good ones from my understanding. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I like it. I like it. <laughs> so let's take the opportunity to uh, to keep moving forward. Yeah, go yep. forward, ball, as they say. And we're gonna dive into the next run, pass, or kick question. And uh, lining this one up, here we go. I want you to be able to think back. We're still on the topic of your college days here. Yep. So you and Wesley White. Um, who, by the way, has yeah. been on our show once before, in yeah. fact, in the yeah. early days. I think season yeah. one, Robert, yeah. wasn't that? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a, a background to some of the story as well uh, on this question. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Wesley White is, of course, related to the famous Jake White, uh, South African rugby coach, with great honors. Um, but, of course, a phenomenal rugby player in his own right. So let's dive back into the question at hand and direct it your way here, Michael. So you and Wesley White were teammates at Linderwood University and played in the collegiate All-American side together. Then you and uh, uh, you both signed to Austin and spoke with USA Rugby about the potential for higher honors down the road, right? We're talking about Eagles appearances yeah. and things like that. So clearly there was some good chemistry between you. Let's put that in mind. And what was, sorry, was that the plan for a dynamic duo to develop and progress together? Do you imagine that uh, that was the plan back then to be able to identify players that work well together and groom them to become uh, to the top level together? Um, that's what I'll probably have to kick back at you. Um, I actually <laughs> don't have the, the answer for that. So, um, but yeah. It's well, like, okay. I, so I in, this, in this case, if you don't have the yeah, answer, yeah. I'm already getting 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely a good mate of mine. But yeah, I, I would love to hear what you guys have to say. <laughs> well, chemistry is, first of all, yeah. very important, especially yeah. in the combos that we're talking about. Um, you know, the combination of, of players in a similar age group, similar background, you know, it, 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 it really talks about chemistry. But the second thing they also talk about is culture. And when you're going to grow up in the same culture together, have a similar sort of coaching format, similar background, similar style, work ethic, you can only see it being a positive. And if you can keep that unit together, as rugby has always had, you know, if I think back to South African rugby, I think of Bucky's Buerta and Victor Matfield as one of those great combos. I think of the inside and outside center combos of New Zealand. I think about these, these combinations that when you look at the dynasty that these teams create, yeah. there's usually a couple of key players that help make that possible. And yes, you would love to be able to keep players together as long as yeah. possible. That's the success of Lindenwood as it has been, Life University and all that. They managed to keep the core together for quite a long time. So I would say in, in your mind, 
Yeah, you would have loved that. In the yeah. coach's mind, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great answer. I definitely would have loved that too. Um, obviously, I'm great, happy for Wes. I think he's doing really well at the moment. So, and love to see him keep getting better. Yeah, I know. I know the the one two punch that you guys created in the back row uh, was a, a, a frustration, frustrating opposition for a lot of the teams that you guys played. I know it was because if 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 you weren't running at him, Wes wasn't running was running at him, and <laughs> boy, a formidable opponent, especially on the sevens pitch with two strong uh, players such as uh, yourselves. So moving forward, uh, let's just talk about. Sorry. Uh, the bat phone's calling. I think they're they're looking to to, to talk. We have a fan coming in on yeah. line one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's go to another sport real quick. We hear you're an avid golfer. So this is a two part question, Michael. Run, pass, or kick. Who is in your ideal foursome? Weekend off, right? You, no responsibilities to the team that particular weekend. Who is in your ideal foursome? And second part, what course are you playing? Um, players or um, would you would you say anyone in the foursome? It, it, You're going to play 18 or 36, and you have three other guys that you have you can pick to play with. Who is it? Um, so a few guys that I actually really played a lot with, especially over the COVID times, that I'll definitely have to pick is Will McGee. Um, Cam mm-hmm. Dotson and Marcelo Torrealba, who is actually back in Chile now. But um, yeah, during that off period in COVID, where we were not really sure what's going on with the season, we had like a month off or was postponed for a month, and we played almost every single day. Yeah, what happened again? It's definitely a once in a lifetime experience. We were basically playing like professional golfers every single day. Uh, so it was good fun and then um the course i would probably say is fan court in george south africa it's probably oh. one, of, uh, my, one of my favorite courses i would yeah, say I, yeah. I know exactly the course you're talking about yeah. in the garden route it's one of the most beautiful yeah. one of the most beautiful in the world uh yeah. in terms of the setting uh and i think that's a gary player designed golf course too yeah. They have three courses. The Lynx course, I haven't actually played, but yeah, I would love to play that. I think that's the one I would probably love to play. Yeah. Me, I'm only interested in the 19th yeah. hole. Can't play golf. <laughs> Fair enough. That's, that, that's the best hole to be at. Right, right. I always win. It's always a hole in one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And we're going to keep that good energy going. And I want to remind our viewers tuning in that they can continue to be able to enjoy what we do each and every week by following us under the handle at Rugby rant pod whether it be on our social media or perhaps you even find us on our new home at patreon.com from as little as only three bucks each month you're going to get additional interviews from guys just like michael who's joining us here for his rpk but we have many many more who will do so in the future and have already done so and don't forget about our favorite pro fans or, or, or like is of course our rugby debate episodes where we get to do what we do best rant about everything and nothing all at the same time so make sure that you check us out on patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod and for as little as only three bucks you can help us get uh keep the lights on keep doing what we're doing and we appreciate your help all the way through and those that of course deserve a thank you as well will be coming up in just a moment we'll be back after a few words from some of our sponsors 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.